Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1580. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today we're going to call it Bikes Yeah, because I've got a gentleman on the phone here calling in from Brooklyn who loves motorcycles. I'm revved up and excited to share with you today my guest, Jean-Pierre Catufa. And we'll spell his name in a little bit because it's very, very unique. Jean-Pierre, or JP as his friends call him, is the founder of Johnny Putz Productions. He's a 30-something German living in New York City who has an obsession with motorcycles and filmmaking. His latest creation is a short documentary titled The Distinguished Gentleman that was selected by several film festivals and is now available on Amazon. He's developed relationships with brands including Ugly Bros, USA, Union Garage, and Triumph Brooklyn. He and fellow Cars Yeah guest who was on the show yesterday, Lou Barletta, recently collaborated to produce the music video Ghost Ride. You heard about that if you listened to the show yesterday. If you did go back and listen to my talk with Lou, I should say, uh, J, uh, JP also produced the short film Big Apple Outlaw with past Cars Yeah guest and my friend Magnus Walker, who, instead of piloting his usual Porsche, drove a rare Lancia Bastarda around New York City having fun at night as the way only Magnus can. So we'll be back in a minute to talk with JP, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. So sit tight. Buckle up or put your helmet on and your riding gloves on because we're going to have some fun today. We'll be right back. The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors inside your car. And the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install. And they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. 
You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH checkout for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH to save $10 today. Cheers! Hey, JP, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up? Or I should say, do you have your helmet on, your riding boots on, your leathers on to have some fun today? <laughs> yeah, I do. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to have you here. Before we jump into things, though, I want you to tell my listeners one little thing that most people don't know about you, JP. Oh, one thing that most people don't know? Yeah. Um, the most thing that, that most people doesn't know is that I don't have a car, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I said at the beginning here, well, today we'll call it Bikes Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about this this passion you have for motorcycles. Yes. So uh, my passion is motorcycles. Uh, I, I moved to New York about five years ago. Uh, back in Germany, I, I did have a car, of course. But uh, when I moved to New York uh, in the city, you don't really need a car to going from A to B, uh, public transportation, or actually motorcycles are quicker than that. And I'm riding since, yeah, since I was young, uh, and I'm, I'm a big motorcycle fan, and actually I use the motorcycle to commute to work and also to bounce around in the city. Obviously, you got to be a little careful driving around New York City on a motorcycle because there is some some traffic there. But yeah, definitely a way to get through traffic much, much faster. And uh, as my listeners know, I used to ride bikes. Uh, love bikes. They're so much fun. So uh, kudos to you for pulling that off uh, there. I would assume in the wintertime, maybe the bike gets put away for a little bit when things get a little icy and dicey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not the person that rides like every day in the year. So I, I try to use it as a hobby and enjoy when I'm going for a ride. Very cool. Um, but a lot of people doesn't know, you mentioned that uh, driving in the city. Yeah, it is, it's very busy with the cars, but if you're getting out of the city, you actually have some good riding here. So like it takes about like an hour and then you can be at the beach or you can be actually in the, in, in the woods or you have nice uh, roads to ride. So it's definitely possible to ride in New York City and having fun with a motorcycle. Oh, gosh. New York State has some beautiful roads to ride on once you get out of the city. So, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit jealous. You've got some great places to go there. Well, let's start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning for you. It might tie into your filmmaking, might tie into your bike riding. So, Jean, twist the wrist and uh, take us for a ride. <laughs> So uh, my quote is, it's not really a quote, but what uh, drives me is um, that uh, if you're very passionate about it and focusing on uh, focusing to being being successful, what 
goals you set yourself, then you usually reach it. And if you're not getting, uh, if there, there will be influence around you, but if you're really focusing and combine the passion and what, uh, what you want to succeed, that it, it's a high chance that you actually will succeed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it helped you set your focus and so forth. And I want you to talk more about your company. Now, I've got to ask you this. Johnny Puetz, it's <laughs> J-O-H-N-N-Y-P-U-E-T-Z Productions, as if your last name isn't already hard to say. <laughs> you know, you just love tripping people up here, I think, here. Uh, a bit of a rebel. Johnny Puetz Productions, first and foremost, where did the name come from? And then tell my listeners about this fun passion oh, and career that you have. Yes, all right. Um, let me go a little bit back. So my my real profession is not filmmaking. So filmmaking is a hobby um, that I started five years ago. Mm-hmm. But um, about... Uh, um, what was it, two years ago, um, I tried to take it a little bit more on a professional level and uh, try to push the whole topic a little bit more. And uh, back in the days when uh, the topic came up that we uh, want to produce a documentary that's going to be shown at the Toronto Motorcycle Film Festival. Ah. And at, back in the days, I haven't really clients like where I was working for money or for, for other stuff. It was more all a fun project, but it ended up, and I can go a little bit more in detail later on that because that's a fun story, yeah. um, that we got funding uh, to produce the film. And then back in the day, I was like, oh, oh, oh no, now we have money. We should do it the right way. I should start a company for a reliable reason and taxes and paying uh, paying the people. And that's where I started the company. And it is Johnny Puss. Uh, I should have taken another name. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the first one who's saying that it's a little bit complicated. And, but it's the, the story behind that is my first name is Jean-Pierre. And it's, it's French. And it's a very uncommon name in, in Germany. And uh, my friends back in the day, they uh, called me Putz. So there is a famous uh, TV chef. Uh, his name was uh, Jean Putz. So my, my, my friends picked that up and uh. called me Putz. And then uh, a couple of late, uh, years later, some of my friends called me Johnny. And then they put it together and called me Johnny Putz. Okay. So this is where, where the connection is. I see. Well, you know, I had your buddy Lou Barlett on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was even, I even asked him, I said, you know, I'm going to get a call from your friend here, Jean and Pierre. And I said, how do I pronounce his last name? And he goes, I don't even think he knows how to pronounce his last name. He said, just call him JP. That's what all of his friends call him. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, let's talk more about this passion you have for filmmaking. I'd love for yeah. you to share with us, not only the distinguished gentleman title mm-hmm. of the film you produced, but also I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about this project you did with Lou called Ghost Ride. Of course, it's all about driving one of my favorite German cars, a Porsche, of course. So take away how did this passion come about and tell us a little bit about some of these projects you've done yes okay so i started five years ago when i uh when i moved to new york city so i was very inspired by casey Neistat, like uh, his uh blogs that he had yeah Yeah. Uh right and uh i was in new york and it was it was it was very cool how he did it, and I really liked it. And so I started buying a GoPro, and then I started running around and filming stuff with my GoPro. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I thought, okay, um, this is fun. I want to do that a little bit more, uh, but I should find a niche where I can focus on 
so that I'm not just like another person who is uh, filming itself, like uh, going, going, making breakfast. You know? Yeah. So, and then I counted one and one together. So motorcycling and filmmaking, that uh, are my two passions. And I said, yeah, I should do that together. And that is how I started. So I'm, I have a YouTube channel and an Instagram account where I'm focusing on filmmaking and uh, motorcycle content. And, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is how I started. And, uh, after a couple of years, then I set myself a goal for, for the year and said, okay, I want to push this a little bit more and see if I can make actually money with that or can work with bigger companies together. Yeah. And then I'm also a co-host uh, for the motorcycle uh, community uh, it calls Moto Social. It's like a monthly event that happens in big cities worldwide, where people come together just to meet each other and building community. So, in the the founder, I bounced into him in I bounced into him in LA, and we were talking. He said, "Hey, JP, you have to come to Toronto. You have to visit me one day." So we, we can hang and have a have a good time. And I said, "Ah, oh, Toronto is a bit far." It's a, yeah. <laughs> is there anything else going on in Toronto? He said, "Yeah, there's a motorcycle film festival. Maybe uh, you can submit something, and oh, wow. uh, then you you can can come up." And I said, "This is a beautiful idea. This is great." So um, back in the days, um, uh, then I I uh, thought about, okay, what uh, what what can I do for this film festival? And a friend of mine uh, told me, hey, there's this guy, uh, Vincent is his name. Um, he's the top fundraiser for DGR. And DGR is uh, the Distinguished Gentleman. It's, uh, it's like a foundation mm -hmm. where they're collecting or um, trying to get money for research for men's health and prostate cancer. And they have a yearly event in big cities where everybody dressed up proper and brings their motorcycles out and they're going going for a ride in big cities and New York is one of the biggest. However, this guy, Vincent Nicodai, he's one of the top fundraisers worldwide and he funded, uh, he raised, uh, I think, over $100,000 now for oh. the foundation uh, in, I, I think, like in five years. Then he was working in his garage and out of a sudden, uh, his garage caught fire and he got stuck in the garage and it exploded. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And uh, he lost about like uh, 50, 60 percent of his skin. So, oh, no. Yeah. And then what we saw back then is that the motorcycle community uh, heard about that and uh, had him and his family going through going through this time right he wasn't able to work and that's insurance and money and they, they started to go fund me and and so on and, uh, and this was an ideal topic for a short documentary so and this is um, what the documentary is about it's about vincent and showing the beauty about the motorcycle community like him helping fundraising hundred thousand dollars for for man's health and when he gets the need then the people are ready behind him and help him out oh wow so we produced uh, the film um we wanted to do it for free it was a passion project but we thought also hey why are we not asking people uh companies if they would like to uh, spawn, uh, 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 ship in some money so we can actually get more professional people for specific tasks like an editor or some person or whatever mm -hmm. and uh, that's what we did and uh, luckily um, DGR itself uh, I pitched the idea uh, to 
to one of the guys and he said, this is a beautiful idea, this is great and we love Vincent and we would love to help. And I uh, even called the number and I said, don't worry about me, we help you, we take care about it. So wow. that, that was a very beautiful moment. But back then, back then uh, like for the first question was, I didn't have a company and I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. uh, I had no idea how that works. And yes, and this is where I started uh, the production company. So I uh, uh, can be able to pay the people proper in Texas and so on. Yeah. And then in parallel, I reached out to the film festival and said, hey guys, we're working on this project right now. We want to have that screened in your film festival. What do we need to do and would you be interested? And we got so much support from, from Toronto and help. It was, it was beautiful. In our calculation, uh, for the budget, what we had is that we had Vincent also, uh, calculated a ticket to fly him out to Toronto mm -hmm. and paying for the hotel, like for his stay. So he can watch the movie there for the first time. <laughs> wow. And nice. We taught him that and a day later he said, Dude, I don't, I don't want to fly. You guys riding up to Toronto, right? Yeah. <laughs> can I, can I ride with you? And this is actually what we did. So we a few friends of us, we all hopped on the motorcycle, rode up to the festival, had a beautiful time over there with all the people. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Vincent watched, uh, saw his movie or his documentary yeah. uh, for the first time. Let's talk for a moment a little bit about this collaboration you did with Lou. I had mm -hmm. him on the show yesterday. We talked about his Porsche and Ghost Ride in this uh, event. By the time this show airs that I have with you, Ghost Ride will be out so people can watch it and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So so what made you jump from motorcycles into Porsches and get involved <laughs> with this this crazy guy named Lou Barletta? <laughs> <laughs> Lou is a great guy. Yes. I was First, I was, uh, to be honest, when he reached out the first time, I was like, oh, is it going somewhere? Is it uh, what we're probably doing here? But uh, he's he's a wonderful person. Like he's he's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so he saw uh, how everything came together. Is that Lou saw the big Apple outlaw? So we in back in January uh, we produced with Magnus Walker together a short uh, short film. Like a, I don't know how long it is about three minutes. Um, about Magnus driving around New York City with uh, with Valencia, and that got some traction. Uh, and uh, Lou saw saw the video and said, "Wow, that's cool. Uh, I want to do something similar. Uh, let me reach out to JP." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and this is what it happened. He sent me uh, sent me a text and said, I, "I love your video. What you did. Uh, can we do something together?" So and yeah, and then a few months later, uh, we now. Uh, going to release or we released uh, uh, the film now and I think it turned out pretty good. So it was from our original idea that we wanted to do more like a montage uh, video first uh, to like a uh, complete uh, uh, music video uh, to support uh, to support the artist uh, that Lou's, uh, Lou really likes uh, uh, in the video. Yeah, you know, I found it a great video and it left me wanting a little more and I didn't realize this but he said you guys overshot and uh, you've got maybe another one that'll be coming out that's a follow-up to this because it was just kind of this mysterious story about this guy and the Porsche and this woman and I thought 
Okay, mm-hmm. where are we going with this? And then it ends, and you're like, okay, wait, there's got to be more. What's the story behind this? So you guys did a great job uh, with a teaser for us. So I'm looking forward to if you can collaborate and come up with the next series. Uh, I think it'll be fun. Now, what was it like working with Magnus, Big Apple Outlaw? Because, of course, a lot of us who know Magnus Walker as he's become that first film that he did, Urban Outlaw, kind of set mm-hmm. the tone for who he's become, uh, which mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. incredible. But uh, he's driving a Lancia. What, what's what's <laughs> with that <laughs> yeah yeah but magnus is uh, it's a funny story so um i uh i had friends uh, staying with me from from the uk and it's a couple and ethan claudia are their names and they usually shoot for a triumph like the motorcycle friend triumph uh-huh. but they wanted to experience uh here in new york and uh, some other uh, other topics and uh, we, we were sitting here and saying okay let's do something together what do you guys want to do and I said yeah we want to do a little bit fashion maybe like something with cars with Porsches or and and then uh, when they said it I said hold on I think I know a guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whom I can fit and uh, the connection is actually my girlfriend. So my girlfriend knows Hannah, so Magnus' girlfriend. Ah, yes. And uh, we, we briefly met a couple of times, like uh, once on the DGR, it says, or we uh, the same restaurant. But we, we weren't friends, or we, we, did, we not really interacted with each other. But I think we had a face for each other. Uh-huh. At least I had a face for him. <laughs> yeah. So, and I just shooted him a message. And I said, like, hey, hey, man, um, we are three people. Um, check out my website, my work. This is my reel. This is what we recently produced. And we were thinking uh, if you would be interested in doing something in New York. And uh, two, two days later, uh, we met together and uh, discussed, uh, the, discussed in general the idea of what we want to do. And this, all the ideas, usually they develop. A little bit over time. So like the original idea that you have at the beginning is never the output. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so same with Lou, right? Okay, I want 45 seconds. Like me in a Porsche driving by night. And now he has like a, a music video at the end. With, right. Like you said, an option to continue the story. Um, with Magnus was the same. Uh, we wanted to do first like a 60 second uh, Instagram video for his page. And it ended up like a longer video with car sound and uh, uh, actually a composer working on that stuff and so on. Um, but the point, the the point where I want to head to is the the original idea was to do it with a Porsche, right? Like <laughs> Magnus for me uh, was is this Porsche guy, and and he said uh, uh, he caught me actually for the first shoot day, like an half an hour before, and said like, "Hey JP." I, I have the idea. I might want to take a lens here for the shoot. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, and you're like, so, wait a minute, what? <laughs> what do you want to do? Yeah. You, you want to change the car? And, and I was like, dude, it's uh, it's your car. You know you know cars better than I. And if you think it fits good and you like the idea, I'm the last person who's saying, no, we shouldn't change the car. Yeah. And he uh, he told me that also he wants to break a little bit the image from just like Porsche to more like a general uh, a car yeah, to a general car guy. Uh-huh. So that was was a perfect fit. Wow. Yeah, and then a friend of him landed him the Valencia Bastara. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then we were bouncing through New York for three days to shoot this 
movie. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, it's a fascinating story, and I'll make sure I let my listeners here today know we've got links to that video on uh, JP's show notes page. You just go to carsia.com and type that in. You'll find a link to that so you can watch it. You'll have some fun with it. It's great in the genre that Magnus Walker does, uh, but I found it really fascinating when I first started walking, watching it because I went, wait a minute, what do you do in driving that? Uh, is this going to be like a uh, chase, you know, with, between the Italian driver and the German driver? And then all of a sudden, no, it's it's Magnus in the car. So I think it's pretty cool, pretty different. And, of course, uh, the project Ghost Ride with Lou Barletta, yesterday's guest, will also be out by the time the show airs. We'll put a link to that. And uh, can we put a link to Distinguished Gentlemen as well? Is that available out there for people to enjoy? Yes, please. So you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's included on Amazon Prime. Or you can watch it also on YouTube if, if you prefer that for free. Awesome. I'll make sure I put all those links. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors again here. So we're going to uh, pull up to the curb, get off the bike, maybe have a little drink. We'll be right back to talk about challenges and about JP's personal passion for motorcycles since that's the his preferred vehicle of choice. So sit tight. We'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. 
All right, JP, we're back. I like to ask all my guests to talk about a big challenge they face in their life, and it's really more about the lesson learned through a challenging time. So take us on a little ride here. Uh, tell us what happened to you, but more importantly, what did it teach you so you can move forward in a positive way? One of my biggest challenges was when I moved to New York because I wasn't able to speak English. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's a challenge. I wouldn't say that's uh, perfect. Not either yet, but it's getting better. Wow, you uh, speak it very days, well. <laughs> thank you, man. But uh, back in the days, it was it was tough. It wasn't um, the business talk that was challenging. It was more like the social talk. So, uh, um, so when I when I back in the days when I when when I moved and um, at work, it's like it's almost it repeats like the vocabulary and the topics. You know where the people talking about, right? In which direction the conversation goes? Yes. Uh, because it's kind of the same what you do in German, what you are very used to, and you know what's going on around it. We used to go out on Thursday nights. Uh, we called that happy hour, and uh, we went all into a bar, and then we were standing there and like in a circle, and everyone was talking and was music it was loud and and i had no idea what the people were talking about <laughs> oh yeah that can be frustrating when the people were laughing i was just laughing with them <laughs> sure. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then the uh but then the the people actually told me jp we knew back in the day you didn't understand but you were nice so we, you were cool to hang with us so that um it was not a huge challenge you know but uh uh you needed to work a little bit to get over with it like the the german the german culture is very driven that you shouldn't do some uh, things wrong you should do it right you know yes. and then pointing with the finger and uh, so it takes a little bit getting out of the comfort zone and doing these grammar mistakes and not pronouncing the things right and uh, and actually getting the experience then and uh, like from the people like in, in the US and New York that they doesn't care that much, you know, like, right. and it, it takes a little bit to get used to it. Yeah. Well, it's a very big mix of cultures and diverse mm. people in New York City, of course. I mean, it's, it's, it's huge there. So that probably helped. What were some of the tools that you found helped you in learning to speak <laughs> English? Uh, did you reach out to different tools or did, I've heard even people watch cartoons to learn to speak languages. Uh, what are some of the tools you use that work well for you? So two things. What I did is I I watched um, I watched a social TV series like Friends, or How I Met Your Mother, so that I'm more <laughs> okay. like social talking. Yeah. yeah. And I the first thing what I did I watched it uh, in German with English subtitle. Ah. And then I switched to English uh, with English subtitles. This is most likely what I still do. And. Uh, yeah, and uh, that, this helped a lot because there's a lot of social talking and the things that you're not picking up at work. Yes. And um, the second thing is a funny story. So and then I thought, like, I should read a little bit. <laughs> like, that should help too, I heard. So I went to a bookstore in in New York, Strand Books is the name, close to Union Garage, uh, Union Garage, Union Square. I went in there and then I asked the person there, so I'm looking for a book. And <laughs> she was like, what are you looking for? I was here for... Uh, for for a book for a child like that's easy to understand and then she was like how old is your kid and so no it's for me yeah I, yeah I'm the kid <laughs> she, yeah and she turned red I turned red we laughed a little bit and then yeah, <laughs> she, yeah. 
and she gave me a wonderful wonderful book yeah you know I've, I've heard that works well i know my wife when she was in high school our family moved to argentina and so they had to learn to speak spanish now they, they were sent to a language school in monterey mm-hmm. because her father was in the military but one of the ways she did it was to watch cartoons once she yeah. got there in uh, spanish so she could pick up because cartoons are very basic and you can kind of get what's going on in a cartoon mm-hmm. and what they're mm-hmm. probably saying. They didn't have subtitles back then for her to help, but uh, <laughs> it, it definitely helped her get through that. So, well, very cool. Very cool. Well, we're happy to have you here in the United States and sharing your talents and cultures with us as well. Let's uh, talk a little bit about your passion uh, that you have for motorcycles. Uh, tell me a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a bike guy. When I knew that I was a guy, bike guy, yeah, I think I was like, how old was I? Like seven, eight years old. Uh-huh. I was when a friend. I'm from a very small town in Germany, and we had a lot of space and mountains, and so. And a friend of mine, uh, he got this very small dirt bike, like a 50cc. I'm not 100% what it was, but a, a 50cc, no clutch, just three gears, and you just go. Yeah. And and he got it new, and then uh, he let me ride it, and that was the moment. It was so <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this just moves and so quick, and the smell of the gas, and yeah, I, yeah. This this was the moment I said I need this in my life. This is this is fun. You know, it's fun. My parents were so nice. They bought my sister and I Honda Trail 70s when we were quite mm-hmm. young because we would go camping down in Mexico on the beach and you could ride up and down the beach. And those bikes had basically a three speed and really no clutch. You just you know mm-hmm. throttle back and hit the shifter. And uh, yeah, that's what did it for me. I just went, oh, man, this is just so cool. And as a little kid. You just felt so free and riding mm-hmm. a bike up and down the beach and the sand dunes. It had big fat tires so you could ride in the sand and not crash too much. But if you did, you didn't get hurt because you just fell in the sand uh, or the yeah. o- or the ocean <laughs> in some cases. <laughs> if, you, if you get a little too daring and I found that out the hard way, you get into the surf a little bit too much and all of a sudden there is no traction anymore. The bike just <laughs> it does whatever it wants. So very cool. Well, let me ask you this. What was your first really special motorcycle? What was the first real bike that you got that had great meaning for you yeah so my my first real motorcycle was uh, uh, a wr yamaha wr yeah. uh, i think it was a 400 450 or 400 i'm not sure um and yeah i i do like dirt riding like um um shelling myself going through stuff where you think that's not possible and uh, not going very high speed it's, i like more doing like the technical technical things yeah. uh-huh and uh, yeah, this was uh, the real first uh, dirt bike that um, that I had that we used to go on trips back in Germany. So I was sponsoring around in my neighborhood in my village, and we actually took it once to to Italy, so into the mountains, and then we camped out there with a few a few friends, and then uh, riding trails all day. Yeah, it was a great bike. Those are uh, Yamahas, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, only, the issue was. Um, the bike has very high compression. It was kick start, uh, kick start only. Yeah. So if you if you loop the bike and the and the carburetor overflows, you need like a few kicks to get get and get the gas uh, out of the carburetor. So it starts again. It was terrible. If you like <laughs> on a hill, like in the hill, you're already like sweating because you just crashed and you 
and then you're picking up the bike and then you're trying to find a position where you can actually kickstart the bike and you have to kick it like 10 times before it starts and then you start it right away <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah terrible oh, i hate it yeah yamaha's been building dirt bikes for a long long time that's pretty uh, cool well here's a bit of an introspective question mm -hmm. i'm going to get in your head a little bit here jp kind of be your yes. therapist today okay yeah <laughs> uh if you thought or if you could think of yourself as a motorcycle what would mm -hmm. jp be and why what kind of bike would you be <laughs> i should have would be a bmw okay okay <laughs> well it kind of makes sense german bike yeah right it was it would be the first connection like the uh, german bike then yeah i think also like a little bit the reliability to it i certainly i think that yeah the mrs and so on they're reliable too but i think also the the bmws as well it's not it's not too exciting like the bike you know like it's not like the people like wow what was that but uh, it brings you from a to b and that in a very reliable and very high quality way <laughs> well yeah of course and that's probably why i love german cars so much i mean they're like so uh yeah i i can see yeah. jp is a, a bmw yeah, yeah. BM, bmw just a side side bank bmw js is the most uh, sold bike in the world well we're entering what i call the last lap here jp i'm gonna fire mm -hmm. off some questions ask from some very quick twists of the wrist responses so here we go mm -hmm. would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in life when I set my set myself a goal, I do kind of everything to reach it, and I don't let it go. Ah. I think it can be annoying too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the way you get things done. I love it. It's the German way for sure. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive or motorcycle or film industry, living or deceased? Who would that person be? Ah, that's a good question. I think we should have a drink the next time when I'm coming to the West Coast. <laughs> I love then, that. Uh, you you show me your motorcycles and cars that you have. Uh, let's do that. I think that well, that's very kind of you. Wow, that's I'm honored. I, I think you're the <laughs> first person, maybe the second who said that. So I feel very honored. <laughs> I'd be happy to show you around here. We'll have some fun. How about the best motorcycle advice someone's ever given you? What would that be? That you oh, the best motorcycle advice that I got is um, you shouldn't force anything. It's a balance act also, right? Like if you ride in dirt, it's like the environment, it's a chaos environment, yeah. but you should be very loose on the handlebars, for example. Oh, you, yeah. you need to let do what the motorcycle wants to do, and it usually should be fine. Uh, the, the perfect example is sometimes you see motorcycle racer that the, the bike is going left and right, left and right, and try to get rid of the um, the rider. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing that happens when the, the rider flies off the motorcycle, the first thing that the motorcycle does, it's straighten up and it's going just straight. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang bikes. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. So sometimes it's more like, uh, yeah, trying to be relaxed and um, uh, calm in a situation that where you would actually do the opposite. Uh, how about a resource? Is there a go-to resource for you that you might want to share out there? It could be in motorcycles, could be in filmmaking, whatever you want to share with us today. Yeah, so go-to for me is um, I'm I'm trying to have it diverse, but I'm trying to get different motorcycle, uh, visiting different motorcycle schools yeah. because I think you can learn a lot uh, and you can and mostly mostly you learn in a safe environment. Yeah. 
So I, I, I really like uh, the Soko Supermoto School and the American Supercamp. And uh, we have also a, a school here called Adventure Riding. And most of these schools, they have most likely like small motorcycles, like yeah. you just said, like a 70 or 125 and whatever. And you're trying to get a feeling for it, riding this motorcycle within its limits. Yeah. And uh, I think this, if you're doing 20 miles an hour and you're in a limit with this motorcycle with traction, it doesn't hurt that much if you fall over as when you have the, the, the MB Augusta that you used to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Losing, getting into the edge of the limit with 200 miles an hour. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's my go-to, like to practice skills and improve skills, motorcycle riding in, in schools, most likely with smaller motorcycles. How about a, a book that you've read that you might want to share? Is there one out there? What I do a lot is YouTube. So, YouTube. Um, yes. So what I, listen, I'm self-taught uh, regarding filmmaking and all the knowledge that I have around it. And my source is YouTube there. I spend hours uh, and getting lost always too. But oh, yeah. uh, all my knowledge that I have right now and uh, what I can actually pull out, my toolbox is uh, from YouTube. This is my go-to source if I need to learn something new. All right. We are up to the checkered flag here, JP. This last question could be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you any cool collectible car or motorcycle Today, uh, you can pick from either one you would like. I want this to be a vehicle that's something fun, though, not a daily driver, something really enjoyable you can get out into the country and enjoy or take on a racetrack or whatever you want to do. But there are some rules to this game mm -hmm. because I'm writing the check, right? So the first <laughs> one is uh, you can't sell it to fund your next film project. So if you pick an expensive car, yeah, that little trick's off the yeah. table. Yeah. Uh, I want you to drive it or ride it. No garage queens allowed here. Yeah. And uh, it's the only one cool vehicle, bike or car, that you can have. So choose very wisely, my friend. What's it going to be? Mm -hmm. um, that would be a Suzuki DRZ 400. Okay. <laughs> sounds a little bit weird, but this is my favorite motorcycle. So this, it's uh, uh, for the people who doesn't know, it's kind of a dirt bike, but it's allowed on the street. But it's um, very reliable, so it doesn't need a lot of maintenance. And it can do kind of everything, but not very good. <laughs> well, and, yeah, yeah. Those are cool bikes. And, you know, I'm very happy because you didn't pick something that's very expensive. Most of my guests are picking multi-million dollar <laughs> yeah. vehicles. So now are they, are they, they're still making those bikes new today? They're making, they're making them still new today since 20 years. The same, like the, if you, the parts fit that fits 20 years and you can buy them today they <laughs> it's yeah. the same part number it's it's the same like it's a beautiful bike it's cheap there are tons of parts out there so if you need anything it's easy to get uh, you can fix it on your own if you're traveling somewhere where you don't have mechanics or nice. a shop where you can repair it you can do most of the things on its own you know, like with a GS, if you have an electronic issue it's more likely good luck yeah really yeah <laughs> figure that on yourself and and yeah, I, I really like the bike. You can put on supermoto tires, um, you can take it on the track, and people are surprised how quickly you can be in the turns with a bike like that. And uh, you can go around the world with any issue with this bike. 
Very cool. Well, gee, I think you're the cheapest date I've ever had on cars yet. So uh, <laughs> I maybe sh I should interview more bike people. They won't cost me as much money. I think that'd be great. Well, I'm happy to get you one of those bikes. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'd like to have one of those too. We'd go out riding in the desert uh, and have there some fun or up here on some of the logging trails where a lot of the guys ride up here bikes, which are beautiful too through the woods. So very nice. Suzuki DRZ 400. I think that sounds great. Well, JP, you've taken me on a great ride today. This has been really fun getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Shout out to uh, Lou for connecting us um, and getting us together. It's nice of him to do that. Could, before you ride that bike off into the sunset, could you offer us maybe one little parting piece of guidance or wisdom? Uh, yes. Like I said before, it's, if you have a passion and you really want to do it, you will be successful if you not let it go. And I think, yeah, it can be annoying for yourself and maybe for others, but it, at, at the end, it will pay off. There you go. Great words of advice. A reminder, listeners, you can keep up with JP by going to his website. It's Johnny Poots, P-U-E-T-Z is the spelling, johnnypoots.com. <laughs> now you know where that nickname came from, uh, of course. And uh, of course, you can find him on his YouTube channel. I'll put links to all these and Instagram uh, so you can find those on his website. I encourage you to follow this very creative young man on his journey. Uh, it's fascinating what you're doing. I think it's great. And hopefully one day we can connect. We're across the country from each other. That's a, a long 3,500 mile bike ride uh, to get together. But someday we'll get together and, and share a beer and say prost right. and uh, have a nice time. Uh, JP, thanks for spending so much time with us today and sharing your story, your filmmaking with us. We wish you the best success in the future. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy until you and I talk again. I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.